Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 180 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. I almost said every wrong thing that you could possibly say to start the show. I almost said the time of the recording. I almost said the wrong show. I almost said the wrong names. I almost said the wrong everything. So I'm ready to go, Adam. How about you? Uh, you know what? I'm good. I'm glad that you're getting all the mistakes out of the way early. That way, the rest of the show will be flawless. Yeah. Flawless and quick. Yes. <laughs> and that audio thing that I bitched about last week, and I could talk about it here because it's done and in the past, where you sounded all shitty, and I'm like, oh, we got to do something. I went back and I listened. Like, you came through my headphones, like, all fucked up, but when I actually listened to the recording, everything was fine. So I don't know I don't know how technology works, Adam. I'm going to go ahead and blame your headphones then. I think it's time for you to to, to purchase some. If I only, purchase a lot of things. Yeah. If only one of us worked at a place where that stuff is imported and I can maybe mm-hmm. export one over your way, we could we could fix that. Or you can do what I do and just be completely unprofessional and not wear headphones. That is very unprofessional. <laughs> But hey, you would think somebody who works at an importer exporter (laughs) thing could get a pair of headphones that fell off the back of a truck, Hmm. maybe. um, But I don't I don't know. Well, that's the thing, Joe. I have in this household multiple headphones that are like really good headphones, both in ear and over the ear. But like for whatever reason, I mentioned this many times before. I did like Todd messed with my laptop once and it made my headphones not work and I never reconnected them. So I said, fuck it. You know, nobody's complained, at least to me, and that's all that matters to me. <laughs> yeah, and again, I listen, well, that's right, so nobody <laughs> complains to you, nobody <laughs> complains to me, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and even doing the editing of this, like, we're leaps and bounds of people that spend a lot of time, and money, and effort, and have a lot more money coming in than we do, yeah. and their shows sound uh, slightly less, if not a lot less, uh, better than us. Yeah. So, you know, we can just go ahead and edit out me saying I don't wear headphones. And as far as anybody knows, this is a very professional operation we're running. Here. Right. Yeah. This is why we don't do a video element. So you don't cop collar yourself that you don't wear headphones. during the show. <laughs> this is true. Also, people would probably frown on my Alexa Bliss uh, cardboard cutout that's behind me. Eh, I think they're aware. <laughs> I think a lot of people, though, think it's a bit like they don't think it's true. Like there was times when I did video podcasts like. When I was on my other podcast, The A-Show, which is now canceled, the first time we did a video version of that, they all popped. They didn't think it was a real thing. (laughs) They sent us these nice, fancy uh, cameras for super secret science job. Yeah, got to be able to see the science. I understand. Uh Uh-huh. And they're like these new fancy things that have like the ring light built into them. Okay, for your makeup tutorials after dark, yeah. I guess. Um, and the thing is, like, we don't typically get called into like, they're like, oh, whenever we have like uh, team meetings or whatever, we want to be able to see everyone, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever we do team meetings, uh, my supervisor can never get their stuff to work. And then when we have like the big company wide team meetings, we're so low on the scale, like, we get a video recording of those meetings, like, two weeks later. <laughs> After all the important stuff has been, like, filtered out. All the stuff that you aren't fit to hear. Yeah. So there's a very good chance I might be trading that one out for, like, the di- the chintzy Logitech one that I have on the home computer. 
and hope no one's the wiser. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm still rocking the same uh, microphone I got when you conned me into this podcast opportunity 180 episodes ago. Yeah, there you go. It's like, <laughs> uh, what, uh, Mike is into a little over three years ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm going off the free one that I got uh, on my Portugal opportunity. You know, <laughs> it was like 10 years ago, flow yeah. over 10 years ago. So <laughs> probably the, the, the best thing that person's ever done. <laughs> yeah. And then when they were paying us for like a year, that was pretty good, too. Um, they stopped paying us and then st- ghosted me. That wasn't good. But anyway. <laughs> not this is not the bullshitting around podcast this is there's no after dark let's get into it all right yeah i don't hear no music da, 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 da. i have you on the thing Oh, you didn't hear nothing? No, I didn't hear anything. I'm going to try it again because it has to work. There's like 19 things you got to play. Hang on. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. What an awesome audible jingle, Joe. Every time it gets me, right? Right in the feels. Oh, there you go. Woo, baby. <laughs> All right. So this is a quick and easy, this day in wrestling history. So like I said, it'll be a lean 20 minutes. Yes. <laughs> nice. The only things that we have are the head-to-head Monday Nitro and Monday Night Raw from 1997, right? Okay. Uh, so this Nitro is the last... Nitro that was held at the Omni in Atlanta before they tore it down. Uh, The Omni was the building for NWA, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, World Championship Wrestling, whatever it was, until it wasn't, right? Yeah. Um, Like this, that was their Madison Square Garden. As NWA tried to expand and become bigger, they kind of neglected the Atlanta area and they would run like the same card in like Chicago, Virginia, somewhere else and draw like 10 to 15,000 people, then run the same card in the Omni and barely get like 5,000 people. Like they killed their own town, but it was still like their Madison square garden. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the thing that's most memorable from this nitro and I'm going to do my best to explain it and hopefully see how quickly it comes back to you. Uh, (laughs) So this was the build toward uh, Uncensored, right? Okay. And it was going to be three teams of three or four. It was kind of unclear. Battling for supremacy where whatever team won got uh, like their pick of a title match for all the titles in WCW. Obviously, there was an NWO team. Obviously, there was a WCW team. And then there was a Roddy Piper team. Mm. And Roddy Piper auditioned people to be on his team. He had a boxer come out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. One of the guys was Goldberg, right? Okay, so that. Okay, so I wanted to get to that. I knew you were going to say that. So right. everyone thought that one of the guys was Goldberg, which it wasn't. But huh? it it was... 
the guy who would later become Luther Reigns. Oh, man, where did I get that from? Is that like a common misconception? That is a very common misconception. Yes, that a lot of people thought like when Goldberg would debut like months later, uh, like people would go back and like, oh, no, uh, he really debuted here. And then it came out. But it just was one of those things where it was like an urban legend for a long time that Goldberg was one of those guys. Right. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I probably heard it so many times and I didn't care to go back and look, you know. And then John Tenta was one of them as well. And, like, they would all come out and, like, spar with Piper for a couple minutes. <laughs> and then, like, then the scene, then, like, it just kind of ended, right? It takes up a good, like, 15 minutes of national television time. And then the following week, they just scrapped the angle and, like, Piper's team with the horsemen. <laughs> WCW, everybody. <laughs> but... This segment in the ratings, just like Nitro was at the time, uh, did defeat a taped Raw uh, that took place in Germany. Uh, And this was the crowning of the first ever European champion. Okay. Uh, It was Owen versus Davey in the finals. This was when they were the tag team champions. Uh, This was kind of the build toward, initially the build toward their split as a team, but it would lead to something much bigger and much better several weeks later. Now, this Raw is a very distinct Raw. So this is the 199th episode of Monday Night Raw. Next week's episode, the 200th episode, they don't make any big deal and say it's the 200th episode of Raw, but it is. But this is when they officially changed the name of the show from Monday Night Raw to Raw is War. Okay. Was it, and again, I'm just a questions asking type of guy. Uh, Was that when they went to having two separate shows so they could have like the two different ratings scores or whatever? No, that would come a little bit later on when the first hour was Raw is War and then the second hour was The War Zone. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm all over the place. It was this episode of Raw that was 25 years ago today. And listen, on paper, you have Triple H taking on Bret Hart. You have Rocky Maivia taking on Vader. You have the Sultan taking on Flash Funk. Okay. And you have (laughs) Sid defending the world title against Mankind, right? Yeah. So, like, on paper, this is, like, a hell of a show. But it's, like, all, like, fuck finishes. It's all just, like weirdly because it's a taped raw so there's like no like real whatever they're in a foreign country so a lot of the stuff doesn't translate it's vince and honky tonk man on commentary (laughs) and it was this episode being so poorly received in the ratings and just in general and next week's episode being the 200th episode of raw this was like the spark that starts things rolling to the Attitude Era, like, editions of Raw. Yeah. Over the next, like, five weeks, we start to see a little bit of that. And then there's an episode, like, that comes up in about five weeks that is, like, literally the one where Vince comes into the office the next night and is, like, our show sucks and takes, like, it's a famous story, like, call him stupid or a liar, Vince Russo. But this is one (laughs) of the things that's been corroborated by many people that it was after this Raw that comes up in about five weeks, Vince comes in, says, our show sucks, throws a copy of the Raw magazine down on the table and says, our show needs to be more like this. 
imagine having that kind of self-awareness and willingness to change things. I wonder what happened to that guy. Like that, that well, trailblazer that, uh, you know, if only he was running a wrestling company right now that he can go in and fix. <laughs> he'll, he'll tell you that guy still exists. Um, <laughs> But like I said, so this Raw was kind of like the beginning of that. Over the next couple of weeks when we talk about like the build the mania, you're going to see bits and pieces of that stuff. But it doesn't like fully change until the one uh, when we record for April 14th. But we'll get there. I just had to mention that one five weeks from now so we could talk about this one. That like this is kind of like the beginning of that spark that starts the Attitude Era. Yeah. And I, I don't know no calendars, but, like, we're we're due for, like, a good run of this day in history. Like, unless there's some kind of, like, weird thing, like, where, I don't know, leap year or some shit, where all of a sudden we're, we're covering Tuesdays. Like, we should no. have a good run of Mondays here for a while. Uh, yeah, the, the 20, like I said, that well, that's that's why it was, it was so cool that everything lined up. Um, you know, because we, we get like the peak of the Monday night war, like yeah. this is the beginning of WWF's turnaround. Like the turnaround doesn't happen for real until 98, but like so much shit happens 25 years ago on the day that we record, like for the rest of this year. Yeah. And like next year, will that move to like Wednesdays or like Fridays? Cause again, I don't know how this works. If you were doing, that's next year's Joe's question to worry about. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Somebody tell. I feel like Kim Cannon would know that. Send us a message. <laughs> yeah, he already does so much stuff for us, keeping spreadsheets for the Wings on Wings people. <laughs> well, what's one more thing? No, no, no. He does enough. But that's it. That's really it for this day in wrestling history. Okay, yeah. My, my list, when I was doing the research earlier today, mine came up pretty sparse as well. Oh, when you were doing research? I was trying to, you know, I always try to submit at least half of the This Day in Histories. I know you usually poo-poo most of them, so we just talk about yours. Uh, but even I couldn't really find anything. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess let's get into talking points, huh? <laughs> sure. Yep. Talking points. Not going anywhere. The vote said so. Um, so let me pull up my notes here and I want to just really quick address something as a bit of follow-up from last week. We went into great detail of the CM Punk and MJF stuff. And one of my big fears, cause I had said, I'm not sure if I like this or not. I had said, you know, like there's a lot of good things here and that most of the internet, uh, and wrestling fans were behind it. But I said that one of my biggest concerns was something to the effect of that it would basically be a ha-ha, I fooled you type thing from MJF. You know, like he would undo a lot of the meta goodwill that he had gathered from last week. And I feel like this week when you had CM Punk come out and kind of, you know, try to shoot brother with him. And then you had MJF just basically kick him in the dick and lead to like a beatdown. Now it was cool that MJF, you know, or not MJF, that CM Punk was like bleeding buckets all over the place. I uh, should have seen that coming since everybody was wearing head to toe white. Um, but like I said, I, my big fear was that it was just going to end in a in a evil I fooled you uh, because good is is stupid, just like in Spaceballs. But uh, that's what I think happened here. Like, I, I feel like I like last week's segment less because of what happened this week. I'm probably in the minority, but I want to get your take on it. Um, I, I really liked, uh, the payoff. Like I said, I, I, I bit the promo hook, line and sinker. I was interested to see what they were going to do. 
Um, I, I, I floated a bunch of different ideas and everything, and I'm glad Punk came out and cut the promo that he did. Um, you know, I thought Punk's promo was really good. And then MJF comes out and he didn't say anything. And it's like building all this tension and Punk puts the hand out and MJF goes for the hug. And I'm just like, I guess they're not going to do it here. And then they did it. And and a program that I very easily could have just been like, eh, whatever about these last two weeks did a lot of mileage to get me involved in it. And yes, of course, CM Punk bled. And you could tell how much someone loves the wrestling business for when they blade, how much they bleed. You get these guys, they go out there and they try and listen. They want to show how much they love the wrestling business. And they get like this little trickle, this little dribbler, right? Uh And then no matter how much somebody tries to open it up, it just doesn't work. If you love the wrestling business, you get that thing and you just go coast to coast, (laughs) one end to the other. You even, while you do it, you might even mouth yourself zip. And that that's proof that you love the business. <laughs> oh, hope- and I know punk is, uh, you know, drug free and straight edge and so on and so forth. But yeah. I think the wrestling and the straight edge gods might have looked the other way when he popped a couple aspirin and took a couple swigs of orange juice before he went out there. Can't drink, can't drink screwdrivers like the old vets used to. You know, but orange juice and some some aspirin, you know, yeah. it's a preventative measure. It's a pre- it's a preventative thing. Definitely doesn't thin the blood and make you bleed a lot more when you do that. No, no, not at all. But here's my thing as well. Concerns. Now, what do you do on the pay-per-view to top that? And follow up question. When are you getting your Pepsi tattoo? Uh, well, I already have a crystal Pepsi tattoo, so it'd be gauche to have a Pepsi <laughs> tattoo and a crystal Pepsi tattoo. That's just silly. Um, and, well, at the pay-per-view, uh, you do double juice. Let's see how much MJF loves the business. Um, you want to, depending on who the referee is, let's throw triple juice in there. <laughs> and since, like, we're back on the will-they end of the will-they-won't-they they, uh, Wardlow stuff, you have Wardlow win the grab the brass ring, money in the bank, whatever the ladder match thing is. Mm-hmm. And then this is where you have Wardlow finally, uh, you know, MJF pushes him too far. Maybe takes the chair from Sean Spears. Sean Spears gets busted open. Wardlow gets busted open. Let's go for quintuple juice <laughs> on the dog collar match at the pay-per-view. And then this is where you have Wardlow finally turn. Yeah. And like Sean Spears lost so much blood that he has to retire. Uh, right. And just not be on TV anymore or have access to social media. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Royce is on the market, but that's maybe just for me. Sure. Uh, but... Sure. She's embarrassed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> More so than she husband. normally is. <laughs> right. All right. I, li- I like all those scenarios. All right. What do you got? Uh, well, this was one of the things I wanted to talk about. So one of the other things that I wanted to talk about yeah. uh, was the uh, big announcement that Tony Khan very calmly uh, <laughs> and succinctly announced at the beginning of uh, Dynamite this week, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was the announcement that Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor. Um. 
And I, you know, and again, I, I said it on social media. And sometimes information comes across the desk here before we record, after we record. But, you know, sometimes if you have a question, just ask. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe I, maybe I have an answer. Maybe I will. You know, worst thing is, like, I had somebody contact me and say, uh, you know, like, ask me, like, whatever happened to so-and-so the other day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I I'd made the tweet, I guess, Mr. Azerbaijan has popped up on Being the Elite, a show for losers that nobody watches. <laughs> um, And then I made the joke of, like, well, call me when Latvian Proud Oak shows up. And then somebody contacted me and asked me, uh, what, how is uh, Prakash Sabar doing, right? And I know how Prakash Sabar is doing, and I'll tell you if you ask me. If I know the answer, I'll tell you. Yep, these are all Contact- words that are making sense so far. But go right. Ahead. If you contacted me Friday morning to Wednesday afternoon and said, do you know what Tony Khan's announcement is? I would have told you what it was. <laughs> sometimes I got good sources. Sometimes I don't. More times than not, I got good sources. Um, so I wasn't as surprised as everyone else, but it's still really cool. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this all parses out. Um, you know, obviously the catalog is going to be part of wherever AEW streaming service is going to go, which is a lot, which is what a lot of people thought it was going to be. The speculation is still out there that it's just going to be part of your HBO go package, which would be very interesting to see if that would be part of it or if they do their own separate thing. Um, and I also know a lot of people were like, oh boy, we got to go back through those early shows and clean up a lot of the Gabe commentary. And as, you know, I give with one hand, I have to be honest and truthful with the other. You know, Phil wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't the nice guy that everyone thinks that he is in 2021, 2022 on those Ring of Honor commentaries. A lot of misogyny, a lot of homophobia, a lot of using the hard R word. Um, But again, we look the other way because we all love Phil in 2003, 4, 5. I didn't, so I could point those things out today. Um, you know, I, I say just scrub all the commentary on all those shows until <laughs> you get Lenny Leonard and Dave Prezak in there as the regular team. Uh, any show that doesn't have those two on commentary, just those shows don't have commentary no more. Let's just protect everyone, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's going to be a massive redubbing job from you and Ian, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) No, no, listen, I'm low on the totem pole for those sort of things. I mentioned Lenny Leonard. I mentioned Dave Prezak. I mentioned Ian Riccoboni. Um, You know, those are all fantastic people that have a very heavy lineage in Ring of Honor, and they absolutely should be involved in any way, shape, and form in whatever is going to be done with that catalog, with that library, with that whatever. Um... Glad Sinclair is no longer involved with Ring of Honor. That's a pretty good thing. Sinclair may not have been the best company in the world. Mm. Um, I don't think we're going to get any real answers until Mania weekend when we get that Supercard of Honor show with the Hall of Fame thing. Um, Mania weekend. But if I was to guess, um, and I'm only guessing here, um, that Ring of Honor would be run as a third separate brand. Um, A lot of those people that are under AEW contract would probably be working those Ring of Honor shows, whatever those would be. And I would guess maybe two of the EVPs would be booking whatever Ring of Honor ends up being. 
Yeah. Again, just spitballing ideas here. Uh, I so obviously I don't have the sources that you have and I didn't care or think to ask you what the surprise is going to be. So I went into it cold and when Tony came out and as you put it very calmly and succinctly and made his announcement. Right. um, I was like, okay, that's interesting. You know, that was my reaction. Like I am clearly not a ring of honor mark. Uh, I was not there during the most important times when I heard this immediately. I was like, okay, streaming service. That's first and foremost, a second AEW now owns basically their first pay-per-view unless I'm incorrect about that. Like all in, that was a a ring of honor thing. And, uh, you know, like having another brand, you know, to use WWE's terms, whether you have specific people there, like I even saw on Twitter, it was like, oh, this is kind of like they're developmental. You can put, you know, greener people there. Or as you said, maybe just certain people that fit that mold, you know, more technical wrestling or people you're not doing something with on the more sports entertainery type shows. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things, but I wasn't like, oh my God, this is the most insane, like crazy thing I've ever heard of. You know, I just like the pageantry of it. I like the fact that Tony Khan said that Shane McMahon wasn't there. You know, I think that was funny. I liked the Brian Danielson versus Christopher Daniels match and how Danielson after the match said that I'm not in Ring of Honor and just laid the boots to Daniels. Uh, I thought all that was great television. Uh, and it's just it, it's always fun to be around during like interesting times of wrestling. You know, if, yep. say, say what you want about WWE buying WCW. But that was like an interesting thing. Like, where were you when you saw that? And if you were a fan of Ring of Honor, like a lot of our listeners and you are, you know, to see, hey, Ring of Honor is not going to just become another company in Vince's vault. You know, and I think that was a big fear for a lot of people. So yep. maybe Tony Khan will do something good with it. Or maybe he'll just use the the library and for the streaming service, which I'd be fine with as well. You know, like I don't care if there's not a third brand, if there's or if there's not a Ring of Honor brand. Uh, but like the fact that you could conceivably soon go and see, you know, an old Samoa Joe versus CM Punk versus Danielson versus Nigel versus whatever match. Uh, I think that's cool. Although I've seen some of this stuff on syndication and it ain't going to look good in HD. <laughs> okay. And that's, and that's completely fine. So um, somebody else uh, brought this up um, online and I want to give them credit. Um, Lucha blog on social media, right? Yeah. Uh, he had brought this up that there's a lot of questions that need to be asked in regards to uh, what is going to go on with Ring of Honor? And obviously, currently, Ring of Honor has their own streaming service for most of their stuff, right? Um, Honor Club, okay? Yeah, and was uh, it the HDNet stuff that wasn't there or something to that effect? It's it's real weird what's not there. Like, it's assorted shows here and there. It's a lot of the more recent Sinclair-era stuff, but it's the pre-Sinclair-era stuff. Um, that's not there. So, like, he pointed out, like, here's a bunch of questions, um, obviously, that need to, you know, be addressed. Um, you know, obviously, the show's Mania weekend. Um, you know, what does this mean for a lot of the Lucha talent that's contracted through things? Um, are they going to have TV for this Ring of Honor? Is that TV going to be on Sinclair? Um, you know... Are they going to run house shows? Are they going to run whatever? Um, obviously, everyone's contracts either expired uh, December 31st 
or March 1st, which, again, why this announcement was made here, um, who is going to be, re, you know, signed or rehired or so forth. Uh, Ring of Honor had a lot of partnerships with companies that AEW didn't. What happens to those? Um, Honor Club, like what happens to the people that paid in on Honor Club? Hopefully not what happened to the people that paid in on Club ECW that we talked about here a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, there's a Ring of Honor school. What happens to the school? Um, and obviously with this being, is this the start of, whatchamacallit, uh, Tony now purchasing like other uh, dead tape libraries and stuff. But I think that's six of one, half a dozen the other. There's a lot of pieces of Ring of Honor that are outside of running shows in the tape library that a lot of people have questions on, but I don't think we're going to get questions on them until after Mania. Yeah, I should reach out to Tony about selling him the UWF, because remember, I laid claim to that like a year ago. That's true. <laughs> so uh, I believe that that all falls under our ownership because we put the flag. Right. All right. Uh, I do have one other thing, and it's kind of related, unrelated, maybe tangentially related. Sure. But I saw on the Twitters earlier that allegedly uh, Mr. Neck Tattoo himself is maybe not going to WWE. Maybe they don't want him. Maybe talks fizzled out. And I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> like, here's your your top guy, your founder of uh, AEW, and uh, you can't get a deal done with WWE. We were calling this thing a done deal. We were like, oh, is he going to have a match at Mania or the, the night after Mania at, uh, at Raw? And now they're like, eh. It's not looking like it might happen one way or another. But if any of that's true, I think that's hilarious. And that's really my only take on it. So um, last week, um, Brian Danielson was on the Masked Man podcast. Uh, they typically just do WWE people. Uh, one of the guys that's on the podcast used to be a writer in WWE. And they had Danielson on. They were talking about a variety of things. And they brought up the Cody stuff, as you mentioned. And Danielson told a story um, of what he learned from his time in WWE with Cody, of them riding together. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know what Brian Danielson said the thing that he learned from Cody Rhodes was? I, I'm dying to now. Go ahead. How to convincingly lie to people. <laughs> so, I will just say this. We get the build to WrestleMania. WrestleMania is still, what, a month away? Yeah, I feel like um, they could have crammed in two pay-per-views in there, but go ahead. <laughs> right. So with WrestleMania as of this recording being a month away, we just got the build, the big announcement for Edge versus AJ Styles. Um, we got the big announcement that Pat McAfee is going to have a match on WrestleMania. I feel this is to cool off those Cody rumors so that when he debuts the Raw after Mania, like I predicted, um, it'll be more of a surprise to the people that think it's not going to happen now. See, I, I don't, you keep using the word big announcement. I do not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I'm being a realist here. I understand that what's a big announcement to me or you is not the same thing that's a big announcement to other people and vice versa. Um, I just think as though these uh, stories are probably floated by someone who is a notorious liar. But wouldn't it be so much funnier if he just couldn't get a, a deal done, though? <laughs> um, 
Like, he's like, I'm drawing a line in the sand. You will make Brandy the universal unified women's champion or else. And, like, somehow that's the deal breaker. I, I would find in my fig fed that I'm running in my head right now, that's what I'm booking. Gotcha. <laughs> I think we're still going to see Cody in World Wrestling Entertainment. It's going to be the Raw after WrestleMania. All right. We'll have and- to. That, that'll be one of the, uh, the like, the prop bets for Adam's yeah. WrestleMania. You know? <laughs> um, so... Uh, one last thing tangentially to what we just mentioned here, right? Okay. So there's another thing that happened in between us, you know, after we recorded last week, or maybe it came out like the day we recorded and no one cared <laughs> when uh, Pat McAfee was going to announce that he's going to have Vince on his podcast, right? All right. And then there was rumors going around that uh, on all the booking sheets and whatever, like what the hell is a booking sheet in World Wrestling Entertainment in 2022, right? Yep, on, on all the, the movie scripts. Yeah, that it was going to be for WrestleMania, Pat McAfee for Vince Mc, versus Vince McMahon in a wrestling match <laughs> at, at WrestleMania, right? And I will admit, okay, I bit. I'm like, Vince, as a 76-year-old, decrepit uh, man who barely can move, um... Maybe he shared some of those same energy drinks Tony had on Wednesday to be on the Pat McAfee show on Thursday. But Vince is the person who's like, I can still have a match. Sure, my son's a loser and my other son-in-law's an even worse loser. I'm going to just have a match to prove that I can have a match, you know, even if it kills me, right? Yeah. And I bought into it. I'm like, shit, Vince is going to have a match at WrestleMania this year. That's crazy and I hate it and I don't want to see it. But son of a bitch is going to do it, right? I bought it for like four days. I bought it. And then I watched Monday Night Raw this week. And the whole setup is not for Vince to have a match against Pat McAfee. It's so Austin Theory can have a match against Pat McAfee. Oh, same thing. (laughs) Right. Vince's (laughs) proxy, Austin Theory, right? His, His chosen one. And like Tuesday morning, I woke up and I said to a couple people privately, I'm like, I got worked, man. I can't believe it. I bought I bought into the fact that Vince was gonna wrestle a match. And like it's very clear what it's going to be now. It's gonna be Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee, which is a match I give zero shits about. Um But I, like they got me. They got me for four days. I walked around thinking that Vince was gonna have a match in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm an idiot. And I was, again, going back to our prop bets, I would have very gleefully put, does Vince McMahon die, like, in the ring? <laughs> but the answer is a trick question. It would have been no, because he's been dead for months. Right. <laughs> and it would probably be outside of the ring that he dies, because there's no <laughs> way in hell he could physically climb steps to get into a wrestling ring. He might climb steps to get in, but there's no way he's getting out. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad all of that escaped my radar this week. You know about how less annoyed you can be if you just don't pay attention to WWE stuff? Uh, well, listen, I like to, I, it's like I do a wrestling sh- podcast. You know, there's there's stuff that filters in and there's stuff that filters out and there's stuff that we don't talk about. And there's stuff that I get my breaking point on and I don't want to mention anymore. And, you know. Well, I said this on Twitter earlier. This is less of a wrestling podcast and more of a lifestyle brand at this point. So Absolutely. <laughs> you could focus on the wrestling stuff. Right. But so, I don't have any other speaking points, do you? No. 
But you know what I do have, Joe? A pay-per-view this weekend. It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. On the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? Every fucking time. Yep. <laughs> Anyways. Joe, AEW Revolution is this weekend. Uh, and first things first, before I get into my spiel, I'm very upset that this is on Sunday. Uh, how dare they? AEW pay-per-views were supposed to be on Saturday. We were bucking the trend. Uh, I'm very mad about that. But anyways, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, Revolution has 11 matches announced. A slender read of a show two of which are on the buy-in, the pre-show, the whatever. Uh, Joe, do you know the card? I think I do. All right. Um, 11 matches, including two on the buy-in, the pre-show, the whatever, right? Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, so we got main event is Hangman Adam Page defending the title against Adam Cole's baby. Baby, yep. Uh, we have Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, taking on Thunder Rosa. Yep. We have the triple threat for the tag titles of Jurassic Express, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. Yep. We have Eddie Kingston taking on Chris Jericho. Yep. We have uh, the dog collar match. Of CM Punk taking on MJF. Yep, you're at five. Okay, we have a six-person match. And this one is going to trip me up. Because I know it's Sting, Darby, and Sammy Guevara. Yep. Taking on Andrade, Matt Hardy, and one of the private party guys, Isaiah Cassidy. Even if you had just said one of the private party guys, I would have accepted that. Uh, but you okay. are correct, Isaiah Cassidy. How many matches is that? Uh, six. Six. Okay. Uh, let's burn off the pre-show ones. That's yep. Hook and QT Marshall. Yep. Uh, I and... like to call that the main event of the pre-show. <laughs> uh, Chris Statlander taking on Layla Hirsch. Yeah. We have the ladder match, which we have to throw a question mark on because... It's six people, but only four people are announced for it so far, right? Uh, no. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people have been announced. So maybe, oh, I'm sorry. No, it says uh, that it's down to two people, like, for the last spot. So uh, let me rephrase that. One, two, three, four, five people are set in stone. And tomorrow night we will find out who the other person is. Okay. But it's, like, so, down to two people, you know? Yeah. So I know so far uh, we have Keith Lee, yep. Wardlow, mm -hmm. Powerhouse Hobbs, yep. uh, Ricky Starks. Yep. I know they're doing uh, Ethan Page versus Christian on Rampage this week for the other spot. Yeah, and you're forgetting somebody that's already been announced. Uh, OC. God, man, that was a close one. <laughs> See, what, what tripped me up was, like, I knew there was the story of, like, the two-team Taz people in it, you know? Yeah. 
And then I'm like, oh, is this going to be like an all Haas thing? And I'm like, oh, well, OC is not a Haas, so he can't be in it, right? Yeah, Haas energy, though, I believe is the, the expression. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, Jade Cargill versus Tay Conte. The face of TBS wrestling, yes. The face? The face. And I think that's all of them. No. What did you miss? Um, Wait, Moxley and uh, Danielson. Oh, I would have. The fact that you let that one slide this far, I would assume you would have already said that one. I know. I know. It's just this is a stacked hell of a show, man. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of matches, though. They could have easily cut, though, so that we're not watching a four and a half hour pay-per-view, though. Uh-huh, on a school night, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Um, no offense to, uh, I mean, honestly, the tag team title match, like as much as I think it's going to be a fine match, Red Dragon, the Bucks, and Jurassic Express, I, you know, save that for Dynamite. Uh, the AHFO versus Sammy Darby and Sting, that could have that could have been bumped. Uh, I don't know. They, they, they really did have a lot of stuff on here. And, and, like, Moxley Danielson, uh, CM Punk, MJF, Hangman, Cole, all of those could easily be, the like, the big main event on any pay-per-view. Eddie versus Jericho? Well, Jericho won't pull his weight, so I, I don't want to give it that, that kind of, you know, highlighting. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie could make it a main event, but maybe not Jericho. <sighs> All right. Well, any, so, any big yeah. So I already mentioned uh, earlier. I think uh, pay per view is going to be the Wardlow turn, and I think Thunder Rose is winning the title. Other than that, I think um, no surprises on this pay per view. Uh yeah. I mean, I, it's definitely time to get the belt off of Britt Baker. As much as I'd love to see Tay uh, beat Jade Cargill, uh, Lady Goldberg, as she's known in some circles, uh, Hot Goldberg. Oh, Hockelberg? Oh, my apologies. Edit that out. Edit that out. Edit that out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't see Tay Conti winning that. Uh, Adam Cole's not winning. At least, if they're smart, you got to keep building Hangman Page. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't see anything other than, like, Britt Baker winning or losing her belt. And nobody really cares about the tag titles. Maybe Red Dragon wins the tag title. Because Jurassic Express has been dead since they won the belts. Uh yeah, uh, you know, know, listen, I, I say you keep the belts on Jurassic Express. They had that good match on Rampage a couple of weeks ago with the Ass Boys. I thought that was a fun match. And, you know, I think there's still a lot more that you could do with kind of like having the tag titles be the prize of like your mid to low card tag teams. Whereas whatever the rivalry between the FTR, the Red Dragon and the Bucks doesn't need the belts. Yeah, I just wanted a, a completely off topic, but on topic. I want a trios title. There's way too many people, you know, that should be well, top people. But you know, uh, Wednesday's presser that Tony Khan did prior to Dynamite, he said that once Kenny is back, back, uh, that's when the ball is going to get rolling for a trios title. Which I'm surprised got like no play really online discussion uh, of him saying that. But yeah, it's yeah, it's in the that. cards. It just they're waiting for Kenny to come back and be like a hundred percent to start that rolling. Well, I mean, what the hell do you need Kenny for? Yeah. You want to, Oh, you're going to have the bucks and Kenny Omega be the first champ. So there's, there's a lot better teams out there. Put it on the best friends, you know, and just call it a day. Put well, it on team Taz. You, you, you do your, you do your whole build of course with, 
You know, who is Adam Cole loyal to? Is he loyal to the Bucks? Is he loyal to Red Dragon? Obviously, he goes with Red Dragon. Uh, the Bucks need someone. Hangman's the champion. He can't be dicking around with a trio's title. And that's how Kenny comes back. Yeah. All right. I'm excited for the pay-per-view, though. Just to get I'm excited for the pay-per-view as well. I'm not excited being up late on a school night. Yeah. And why is it on Sunday, Joe? It's not fair. I don't know. I think it's just because, like, like when they do non-Florida shows, I think those are the ones that they can get Saturday clearances. But when they're in Florida, for some reason, they decide to run everything. But it's a big weekend. Like, there's live Rampage, Fan Fest on Saturday, where I guess we're going to get more figure announcements. I hope we get the goddamn picks and pre-orders for my goddamn Eddie Kingston figure. <laughs> um, and then uh, the pay-per-view on Sunday. Like, they're just making, like, a big weekend of it. You know, whatever. Uh, you know, it stinks, but I'll make do somehow, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time to go over your homework, Joe. obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. Homework, it's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. I was going to do a segue and be like, speaking of things that stink, but we'll make do. <laughs> oh, how dare you? So because there's no paper, there's a pay-per-view this weekend, I'm not assigning something, but Adam did assign me the Nightmare Family Student Showcase 3? 4? 4. 4. four. Tell uh, us if, you, if you did not watch it, uh, you can head over to our friend Kevin's website, masklibrary.com, uh, where he does a write-up of usually whatever we assign for the homework. And uh, this week he's gone above and beyond to punish himself. <laughs> and he has, as of this recording, reviewed the first five episodes of the Corey Graves Carmella reality show. <laughs> Which I didn't even know was a thing. So uh, I will probably would have assigned it if I knew that was a thing. So thanks right. for nothing, Kevin. You should have kept that in your back pocket for another week or two. No, I wouldn't have watched that. <laughs> All right. So this is about an hour and a half long. Um, I'll say this. Surprise, there was... I. I Pleasantly surprised, no Battle Royal this time. Yeah, you know what? At this point, like, the show was reasonably quick, like, at an hour, 27 minutes. Like, I felt like it wasn't this slog to get through that the previous ones. But uh, I felt a little let down that we didn't have the the traditional let's all get our spots in Battle Royal. Mm -hmm. uh, so our opening contest is Trevor Blackwell on, taking on Frankie Filto. Yeah. Uh, our commentary team is Glacier, uh, a.k.a. Glacier, and Jesse Jordan, I think was his name. Correct. Jesse Jordan. Okay. Um, so I feel bad talking about, like, guys that are, like, new in the business. Um, you know, I know when we've talked about the AIW shows, I know a lot of those guys, so I feel a little bit more comfortable, like, giving a little bit more constructive criticism here. But I don't know any of these people, and I don't want this to come off as, like, me punching down or, like, making fun of people that are, like, relatively new in the business for the most part. You know, well, they, yeah. they do come forward and say, like, oh, this is this guy's first match, but this guy's been wrestling for 10 years and he did the camp or whatever it was, right? Yeah. Well, don't worry. I'll, I'll do the punching down for both of us if you don't feel comfortable. <laughs> 
Well, it's uh, so I just wanted to kind of preface it, and and I'm just gonna you know I'm not gonna like bury guys, and I'm not gonna really dive too far into it, but I am gonna say that this match stunk. <laughs> um, the so I think these guys saw like wrestling stuff, <laughs> and they attempted to emulate it. Okay. Yeah. And emulate it poorly, like different heel cutoffs, like the guy getting crushed on the rope. Like they've seen it happen. We're going to do it in our match, but it's going to look like shit. The opening bit in the contest is the heel is in control and he's like pulling the baby face's hair to take him down. Like that works when like the guy that you're doing it to doesn't have a crew cut and a bald spot. <laughs> um, Frankie's clotheslines and punches are real bad and embarrassing. And on commentary, Glacier says um, that, you know, uh, obviously this is Frankie's first match. Once this gets into the eight to 10 minute mark, um, you know, it could spell trouble for him. This match goes seven minutes and 20 seconds. So uh, Glacier, who does commentary, like he's reading off of a note that he's seen for the first time in his life. Um <laughs> Kind of may have showed his hand that this match was given eight to ten minutes. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> and and um, Glacier. Yeah, but this I match just, wasn't good. I'm going to cut you and say that Glacier sounds like on commentary like Foghorn Leghorn because he's like, I said, I said, I said, what a leg drop. You know, <laughs> he's, a, he, he's a lovely southern gentleman. <laughs> um, but yeah, as you had pointed out, both of these guys clearly body guys. Um, but as far as having seen wrestling before, uh, I, I, I wrote down here as a note that both of the guys, like whenever there was a clear two count, you know, during the match, like obviously, okay, we're not going for the finish. So this spot is going to lead to a two count. You would have the ref do the one, two, and then both guys would immediately get up and move on to the next spot. So the person who's like laying down, like administering the pin, if that makes sense isn't like waiting for the other guy to kick out. He's just, they're both getting up at the same time because they know it's not a finish. It's hard to explain, but every single time there was a two count, they both would get up right after the two count. Like they would, the, the guy that was giving the pin would not wait until the one who's being pinned would kick out. If any of that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So like it, it was, was actively bad, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, and another thing, I, I think I wrote this down someplace else, and Kevin made a note of this uh, in his write-up as well. You have clearly one student is the babyface in every one of these matches, and one student is the heel. And the only reason you know it most of the time is if the crowd is booing or cheering the person. So it's like you can have these people, they're coming out, and they're not doing heelish things or doing babyface-like things, they're just getting cheered or booed by this other students who were told, oh, this guy is a face, rather than us as the, the viewer kind of getting the vibe from the way that they handle themselves or the way that they interact with the ref or the wrestler or whatever. So, like, it, it was, that was kind of off-putting as well. So I, I completely get where Kevin is coming from, and I think he even used in his review that, like, there's, like, these shows are some sort of inside joke to the crowd that we're not in on, yeah. right? And that's fine. Like, these people spent this camp together. They got to know each other over the three months or four months or whatever the camp is, and I get that. But I definitely think having a crowd that is going to give to you, um, even if it's a little artificial, 
I think it kind of helps if you have that inside of you, whether it be a heel persona, whether it be a babyface persona. If you're going out there and you're trying to be a babyface to zero reaction, right? Yeah. You're going to look like an idiot. If you're going to go out there and do heel things and the crowd gives you nothing, then you're going to look like an idiot. At least these guys were attempting to play a role and they had a willing crowd that was part of the show to come along with them. Right. Well, I think we're misunderstanding. You're misunderstanding. I'm not criticizing the fact that the crowd was, you know, in support of like, you know, what you're saying where it was like a peppered crowd, like a, uh, you know, an, uh, an inside crowd. I'm not complaining about that. I'm saying that if it were not for the crowd reactions, you would not know who the healer babyface was in many of these matches. Right. And, and like I said, I think a lot of these guys are very unpolished. And they don't have that chops or those connection to make the clear baby face or the clear heel. So the crowd is there to help us, the viewer, know who's supposed to be the heel or the baby face in the match. And I think also to help them as well to feel a little bit more comfortable. It's like, okay, I'm supposed to be playing a heel. Someone's booing me. So it's easier for me to do. They didn't do a great job of it, but I think that's what the logic behind this is. Okay. All right, next match. Okay. Um, Demarcus, or was it uh, Demarcus? Demarcio. Demarcio James. I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, Taking on Will Perlou. Perlou, right? Perlou, something like that. Um, So I think, and Kevin mentions this. This is a perfect example of, um, you know, what we were just kind of alluding to, or at least attempting to explain, where there's supposed to be a baby face and a heel in each match. Will comes out and he looks like a heel, right? Mm-hmm. But he's playing the baby face in this contest. It doesn't work because he just looks like a heel. And even a lot of his baby face mannerisms are very heel-esque. So there's already a disconnect there. But I was more taken aback at how tiny Will's tights were. <laughs> he needs to get bigger tights. <laughs> Um, this match was okay, better than the first match. Um, this has a finish with a ref bump and a low blow. Um, this is, this is also the second match in a row where someone in the match does the Danielson, uh, Busaiko knee. Yeah. Like I, I wrote down, I, I don't even remember the ref bump, but like there was a roll up with a low blow and tights being grabbed, but all of it was not facing the camera and the two commentators weren't on the same page as far as what had happened. You know, one of them was like, I think there were, they grabbed the tights there. And another one was like, oh, I think there was a low blow, but again, it was rolled up in the far corner. So you couldn't really tell what was going on anyways. So work the hard cam, pal. They teach it uh, out in New York. So- so this match goes 11 minutes. Um, all these matches, for the most part, are about 11 to 10 minutes, except for one, which we'll talk about. Next up is uh, Casey Carrington the fourth, who's an AIW kid, uh, taking on Dylan Lissand. Lissand? Lissand or something. Lissand. Um, again, match is okay. These guys... Look very similar. They both look very young. I'm an old man. And these look like two little kids having a wrestling match, which is fine. You know, most people are going to look young to me because I'm old, right? Mm. Um, Like I said, it was a very, you know, fine match. 
But again, we're now on our third match that has someone doing the Daniels and Busaiko knee. And we have two matches in a row where there is a ref or there's a low blow as the finish. Yeah, uh, ref distraction, low blows. I wrote that down. And I will, to give credit, at least in this match, I think you had the heel working as a heel the entire match, which I. Yeah, Carrington uh, has a good heel presence and persona. Yeah. And obviously with Carrington, I was like, oh, it's somebody I've actually heard of. You know, I was like, it's an AIW guy, as you pointed out. But I had to Google Carrington just to make sure that it was like the AIW guy that I, I was expecting. Because I don't know. You know me. I'm a dummy. I didn't know if like Casey Carrington was like a gimmick that was used all around the country by just like changing the number. Like instead of an Alabama doink, there's a Casey Carrington like the 12th working in like a flea market somewhere. So I had to make sure it was the same guy. And it was. So I was happy. <laughs> uh, so next up, we have a tag match. Uh, Casey Rocker and Luther Heavens. Yeah. Taking on Gabriel Vega and Danny Dragon. I think we've seen Casey Rocker and Danny Dragon before, at least in a battle royal, maybe? Yeah, probably. Um, This match was okay. I have no notes on it. Um, One of the guys they were hyping up that he's only five foot eight. But yeah, don't big, strong that... Gabe. Right, big, strong Gabe. When you're putting over a guy as being five foot eight and he's the same size as everyone else in the match. It's like, it's not as an impressive feat as you think it is. If he's five foot eight and everybody else is six, five and he comes in and he's the powerhouse and throwing everyone around, then that means something. But when he's five foot eight and everybody else in the match is five foot seven, it's not as cool as a thing to put over on commentary. And, and he's not really doing anything like that's a power move. He's just right. wrestling normal like everybody else. But yes. yeah. and, and that really just, kind of shines a negative light on your school when you're like, oh, he's one of the standouts as far as being one of the most powerful people in the class. <laughs> you know? uh, it should have been called an ironic nickname showcase. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next up, we have J.R. Miller taking on Kevin Panic, And this, by far, was the best match on the show. Yeah, plus Miller was the first wrestler that was actually taller than the ref. <laughs> well, so Miller comes out. He's got a disgusting mullet. He's got a cane. He just looked gross. And, like, he was a heel that looked like a heel. He should have been recast. He should be recast as the new Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Kevin Panic looked good. This was a very straightforward match. Both guys use the DDT as the finish. Whoever gets the DDT off first is going to win. And that's the story of the match. I thought, and they kept it under eight minutes. This late in the card. This yeah. was the best match on the card. I would say, if you have eight minutes to spare, go watch this match. Like, this is what your student match should be. A simple story where the commentators know what the simple story is. You do the stuff that you could do. Don't try a whole bunch of, like, fancy elaborate finishes where, like, I'm going to kick the rope and the ref's going to look the other way. Then I'm going to do this. And, yeah, they did the bit with the cane in here, but these guys felt competent enough to pull that off, and it was a simple spot. Yeah. 
The only thing I have from this is that at some point during the match, Glacier says that he's been in the business for 30 years, and that just doesn't sound right. Like, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he was Ray Lloyd, job guy, on like late 80s, early 90s WCW stuff. Yeah, but no, I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not debating when he started, but like, I feel like if you are not like actively in the wrestling business for five year, 10 year spans, like you shouldn't get to count it as like a total. Like he, he, wa- <laughs> he was in the business. He was just in like Georgia Indies in like the eighties and nineties. Uh, see, it's Are a, you counting to only the time that we're on TV? I think if you're not in TV or it doesn't count. So Eddie Kingston's only been wrestling for a year and a half. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, well, I mean, he was on iPay-per-views for a long time and Impact okay. and all that stuff. I think I'm just saying, like, I'm not counting it if you were, like, wrestling at a town fair. I could I could pull matches of, of Ray Lloyd Glacier on WCW TV in 1988, 89, 90, 91 as, like, an enhancement guy. Well, I didn't know you were such a Glacier Mark coming to his aid. I, listen, when when Glacier became a thing, you know, and like you found out his name and then like obviously in the digital age and YouTube, uh, you know, Monsoon Classic, I think, has like a Ray Lloyd playlist of all of his squash matches, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, I, I just think that if he can say 30 year veteran, I'm changing my Twitter bio to say 25 year veteran. Go for it. <laughs> Update your Wikipedia with it. I'm gonna. <laughs> okay. Uh, so next Fuck up, <laughs> we have Reka Takara. Close enough. And Giselle, Giselle Azur <laughs> taking on Katie Hebner and Ashley D'Ambois. D'Ambois. She was French. D'Ambois. Okay. D'Ambois. <laughs> um... Katie Hebner looked real good. Uh, Ashley DM Bois, I think, has been on Dark and stuff before. Yeah. Um, Giselle Azor was real bad. Um, she is barely in the match. Um, she gets tagged in sporadically. Um, she like because she's taller than the other girls like they play her up as though she's like a giant so when they bump her quote unquote she gets to go down to one knee first <laughs> and then slowly fall over the one bump that she took um this was really bad <laughs> i just want to start things off let's let's address giselle azor um Giselle was too preoccupied with whether or not she could that she didn't stop to think whether or not she should, Joe. <laughs> like, okay, uh, there was a there's a lot of lot of uh, enhancement done there. That uh, all right. Anyways, I think that this match would have been better if Azor had like a 100% ass based offense, like she does Naomi's rear view, Yokozuna's ba- bonsai do a Rikishi stink face. And plus like her ass should be invulnerable to damage, like trying to hit a Samoan in the eighties, like in the head, (laughs) like that should have been her gimmick because other than that, she couldn't have done anything else because as you said, uh, despite commentary saying that she's deceptively powerful end quote, she nearly kills somebody when she tried to do a pump handle slam. Oh my Uh, God. (laughs) So scary. (laughs) 
Uh, and then there was just a weird botched finish where like both of the, the heels were tapped out by the baby faces, but like they all stood and looked at each other for a minute and were like, do you, should you go? Should I go? Or what? I think if ever there was a moment where a match should have been a dark match for a nightmare factory student showcase, this was one of them. So you could have bumped that first match off completely. There's your dark match. Um, you have at least two other women because they get involved in the next match. Um, you could have had Giselle be the one that comes down to the ring with Dean Alexander, maybe. Yeah. Just to get her on the show. Because I she was a liability in the ring. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next up, we have our main event. Of the Nightmare Family Student Showcase uh, alum. He's been on every one. Dean Alexander. Yeah. Uh, still working on his gimmick. He still does darks from here and there. Company of the Ring by uh, Angela Risk. And uh, takes on Cliff Hendricks. Yeah. Whose gimmick is that he has yellow boots. Yep. Yellow boots. And I wrote in my notes that uh, because they called him yellow boots. And I said that if Yellow Boots hooked up with Blue Pants, their baby would be named Green Socks. <laughs> Fire your writers, please. <laughs> that joke gets the Todd nod. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, this match was fine. Dean Alexander is good. He's just missing something. Like... He 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 needs to have like some sort of connection to the crowd that he just doesn't have. Like he looks like a more bland Frankie Kazarian, if that could be a thing, right? Yeah, I can um, see that. And like you know, Cliff Hendricks has like a night like the yellow boots thing is a cute little thing to do on like student shows and in dark matches, maybe on a YouTube or something where Taz makes fun of him and says, "Oh, he needs to get orange boots, brother." Or something like that. Um, but I don't know. Like a couple years. You know. Figure it out. He'll be alright. Um, so like Dean Alexander comes out with this girl Angela Risk. They do like their whole like uh, guy in a fur coat with the hot chick. And then he goes to kiss her. And then he drops her and sends her to the back. There's another goddamn fucking ref bump on a student show. <laughs> like. And like I said. There should have been all these other matches before. No ref bumps. No low blows, none of this shit. Save that stuff for the main event, goddammit. Like, and don't do it back-to-back -back matches. Don't do it fucking four times on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven match show. You're killing me. Have a little bit more creativity. And I'm not putting this on the people that are wrestling. I'm putting this on the coaches, the agents, whatever the fuck you want to call them, that are too lazy to let this shit slide on a show like this. It's making these kids look bad. It's making them look uncreative. It's making them look... Lazy. It's not making you look lazy. It's making them look lazy. Mm. So there's a ref bump. Um, uh, Angela Risk comes back out. Brooke Havoc comes back out. Yeah. Like, I guess she was on one of the previous shows or something. Yeah, and I think she's done, like, Dark or Elevation or something like that. They team up. They low blow Alexander. Again, seven matches. We have fucking three or four matches that have ref bumps and low blows in them. It's Bullshit. turmoil. <laughs> oh, yeah, the lights go out. Um, and this is all set up so that uh, Angela Risk could do her 619 to Dean Alexander, right? Yeah. So if that's all she could do, 
you put her in a match with the other girls. You do a six-person match with the girls. You you hide her on one side, Angela Risk. You hide Giselle Azura on the other side. You let them do the one spot they could do safely, and everyone's happy. <laughs> what one spot can Azura do safely? <laughs> I'll get back to you. <laughs> we'll figure that out. <laughs> we'll figure that out later. Yeah. Um, but this was, like I said, I, I'm I'm giving it a hard time. And I said I wasn't going to, but here I am giving it a hard time. Um, it wasn't very good. It did go by quicker, I feel like. Yeah, it did it was flow just a the, lot better. Yeah. Maybe it was just because there wasn't the, the, the like we mentioned, the, the rumble at the end, which... I had kind of gotten accustomed to because then we don't get the Dark Order coming out. We don't get Anna J, so I'm very much deprived there. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, but like I said, the, the, the J.R. Miller-Kevin Panic match, like that's a match they could throw on Dark Elevation or something, you know? Yeah. Like let those two guys go out there, like Fan Fest weekend this weekend or something. Let them do that in front of a live crowd, and I think the crowd would. I, I think like literally, just legitimately, just do that match move for move again in front of a non-smartened up to you guys over the last twelve weeks crowd, and I think they'll get a good reaction because it was a fun little match. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, maybe Cody doesn't go to WWE, and maybe we get more of these, Joe. Otherwise, there'll be like the Nightmare Factory presents NXT Student Showcase. 205 live right i don't think that's <laughs> happening <laughs> or what's the show with uh um our damn it ring of honor girl bow tie girl <laughs> level up level up there we go the bane of young ed's existence yeah <laughs> speaking yeah. of young ed let's get into our phone calls yeah hey guys it's the wiki uh just calling because um i want to make the show longer that's all. I don't really have much to talk about uh, other than maybe uh, the self-tanning hands on Dynamite, um, specifically MJF and Adam Cole. I mean, what are we doing here, guys? Don't just rub it in on your hands when you've got excess. That's not going to work. Uh, yeah. Have a good show. Uh, you guys are great. Talk to you later. Bye. Uh, DeWiki, uh, again, making a note, next year does uh, Monday Night Raw, the 25-year anniversary, does that fall on Wednesdays or Fridays? I need to know. Uh, also, where is my jingle for no heaters, all heats? Uh, that is at least a week late. And I don't know nothing about no no tanner, so I'll default to Mr. Pretty Joe Sposto on that one. Well, listen, I, I've never used self-tanner in my life, but as I understand it, if you're applying it yourself, you should be wearing gloves when you apply it. Okay. So that your hands don't look the way that Adam Cole and MJF's hands look. <laughs> um, but also, apparently, there's an ongoing bit on Being the Elite, the show for losers that nobody watches. <laughs> um, and see, I can say these things now because 2.0 are no longer the Being the Elite champion. Okay. You know a lot a, about being the elite for somebody who doesn't watch it. Is there a spreadsheet I don't know about? No, there's not a spreadsheet. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> but apparently there's been like an ongoing bit with the Bucks helping Adam Cole apply his tanner. That <laughs> if you watch being the elite and you see Adam Cole's shitty fake tan on TV, you get the joke. Okay. I'll just say this. I'm not laughing. <laughs> All right. Next call. Yeah. Hey, guys. Kevin here. So much to talk about. I couldn't pick one thing. 
I don't want to make three phone calls. You guys don't want me to make three phone calls. So let's just rapid fire this. All right. Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. This is awesome. This has lots of potential. AEW already feels like they have too many people, but branching off and having Ring of Honor under house with all the same contracts and, of course, rehiring some Ring of Honor people to help run it makes a lot of sense. Uh, everyone's rumoring about HBO Max, probably because of TNT and Turner. Um, run live shows on HBO Max. Like, just for your HBO Max subscription, you get AEW pay-per-views. Alternate months, AEW pay-per-view one month, a Ring of Honor pay-per-view next. And you don't even have to have a cable deal for Ring of Honor. You could just be like, hey, every Friday there's a brand new episode of Ring of Honor on HBO Max. I'd be in for it. All right. Control your narrative. <laughs> Guys, I can't think of any time in my wrestling fandom where I've said, fuck this. I am absolutely not watching it. I have no desire. I don't like unless Adam assigns it, <laughs> I don't think I'm even turning in as a curiosity. Just this seems like the most bullshit group of grifters and shysters, and I want no part of it. And I feel like just by watching it, I'm endorsing them. And finally, discussion at the comic shop which I'm going to do a wrestling version of. Um, so I'm kind of flipping the script here a little bit. There was talk about, like, okay, is Falcon, Sam Wilson, really Captain America? Yes, no opinions. How long have you been reading comics? All mouth, Morales is Spider-Man. Uh, you know, legacy characters taking over names. And I'm trying to make the point of, okay, Falcon and other characters started lower and then got bumped up. Much like you start lower, you get the Intercontinental title reign, you see what you can do, and then they might bump you up to world title level. So Phil can Sam Wilson as Captain America is like him finally getting bumped up to world title, bumped up to the main event. And I think that's a good thing to have in comic characters. If they've proven their worthiness with great creators, bump them up, make them main event stars, have them carry their own books. All right. Lots of thoughts this week. Can't wait to listen to the show, guys. Talk to you later. Okay. So I want to start off with the comic book thing, if I can, Joe, and sure. just say that that's probably why you have so much hostility towards Azrael because he got that world title shove to become Batman. You know, he got that shove, the push, but it was like way too early. Like he was too green at the time. So you as a fan resented Azrael being world champion as Batman. Um, you know, like I was just a fan. So I was like, I don't have a problem with him being champ, but you being a smart mark of comic books, you're like, yo, he's not my champion. He's not my Batman. So that's probably why you're hostile towards that. Do you know the truth behind Azrael's push, Mr. <laughs> I Love Azrael? Do you know the truth? Uh, I know that it's a it's a great storyline where they just wanted to kill off Batman because they killed off Superman and they were trying to do everything they could to, to mix things up during the greatest era of comic books. Or <laughs> they were getting so many letters from people saying... How come Batman's not like the Punisher and kills everyone? So yep. they said, you want Batman to be the Punisher? Here you go. And everyone hated it. Well, again, it was it was ahead of its time. But you're getting off of Kevin's point, and it's the wrestling analogy, which I think is very apropos. Anyways, I, I would sign up for HBO. Uh, I, that's probably the only streaming service I don't have. And I would do that for the, the Ring of Honor slash AEW pay-per-view opportunity. I don't say you do the pay-per-views for either one that much. Like right now, AEW is kind of like on a two to three month rolling schedule 
for pay-per-views. Ring of Honor was on kind of a two to three month rolling schedule for pay-per-views. And I think if you go six and six for both, that's too much too soon. Yeah. Well, I don't even mean with the timetable that he's saying, but like even if you were going to have a Ring of Honor show once a month on the network, you know, or maybe. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe an exclusive special, like you're, you're basically AEW's version of Saturday night's main event every once in a while on HBO Max. You know, yeah. you don't have to do a full pay-per-view, but you know, build towards something where instead of having, you know, Beach Blast or whatever they call it, you know, those those special events that they have on Dynamite, save those for the network. Gotcha. I like that. Okay. All right. Did we miss something else in there? Oh, control uh, your yep, on purpose. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, forget it. But I won't even I won't assign that for homework anymore. I learned my lesson. Mm -hmm. Next call. I promise. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. Uh, This is the uh, let's see, the Lehigh Valley homeless LARPer, the hallucinator, uh, fake, phony, scary skeleton man, uh, Kenny from the Mystery Men. Hope you guys are both doing well. Uh, I have a talking point this week, and it seems like those attention deficit criminals want to steal the Cleveland Territory with Thorne's own guys that he used in 2017, and then run the show opposite when Minoru Suzuki's coming to town. Now, I know that Thorne and that butter-dipped water dipshit have fucking gotten along before, that we all share a love for Headhunter A and Headhunter B. But what the actual fuck, man? I just had to get it off my chest. AI dub for life. Alright, Joe, I need you to explain to me just as the dummy that I am. From My understanding is that the AIW show is sold out or about to be sold out or, you know, like Kevin, uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, Thorne keeps releasing uh, uh, tickets and they sell out, but the uh, GCW show doesn't r- put uh, the AIW show at risk of like not selling out or losing gate, correct? Right. Correct. All right. It's not like I don't think anybody who's going to the AIW show is going to be like, oh, fuck this. I don't even want my ticket. I'm going to go to the GCW show. I think that like that's pretty much set in stone. So the issue is it the like who's watching it on television that night or is it just because it's a slap in the face that they would run the show, period, even though it's not threatening the gate? Explain to me the beef so I know who to be angry and why. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Um, so to call the GCW fan base attention deficit criminals isn't an insult to attention deficit criminals like myself, an ECW fan from the 90s. Well, Joe, um, GCW is the new ECW, isn't it? Well, you got six hours? No. Good. Um, so I guess it's just a territorial thing. Uh, Columbus is two hours away. Uh, from Cleveland, and yes, the Suzuki show is almost sold out. I think Thorne said there's, like, some general admission. Um, You know, and obviously everyone likes to pretend that people aren't territorial, but everyone is very territorial. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it hasn't been done recently, but there definitely have been times where GCW uh, has kind of, you know, 
put the screws to other people. It's like, oh, well, why are you guys piggybacking off our show? Why are you guys running within a three-hour radius of where we are on the same show that we are? Um, I talked to Thorne, and I'll just say he's okay because the show's sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the fans want to choose sides... Um, I'm sure most of the people listening to this show uh, are and have already chose the side that I would choose. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, it's not as big as a beef, but if it's going to get you riled up, uh, don't think it's going to be some sort of promotional war, either fake or uh, shoot between GCW and AIW. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. It's just more of like a dick move from a already dick organization, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah, huh. what you said. Fair enough. I can say it. Uh, nobody knows who I am. <laughs> yeah, and I could agree with you. <laughs> Thanks Next for the call, call, Kenny. Yes, thank you, Kenny. Hello, you guys. Strongest man on the land. Austin McCarthy here. I'm going to keep it nice and short. Don't want your show to go three hours long. You know how it goes. Thank you. This is for Adam, of course. Adam, you think about our match this Thursday, I should say next Thursday, against PME for the you tag team championships, you don't know which bit to continue. You don't know whether to support us or PME as your lovable, as your lovable fan of Matt Cardona and whatnot. And you're, of course, my stunt double whenever needed. I'm putting the pressure on you today. You have to make a decision. Who will you side with next Thursday? And make sure, if you're listening, to stream it live on IWTV when we capture the title. All right, guys, that's all I have for now. Hope you have a blessed day. Love you guys. Take care. (laughs) See, Joe, you won't get this reference, but, like, I'm imagining when, like, uh, a high school football recruit or basketball recruit is on, like, decision day where they have the colleges that, that, like, their hats sitting in front of them, and he has to pick one of the hats on and put it on to say, oh, I'm going to this school or whatever. Uh, That's where I'm at right now. This is people want to know what I'm going to do. Uh on one hand, obviously, I have to support my identical twin and basically me. I have to support myself in my quest to win the title. Uh, but on the other hand, I, I have been loyal in the past to uh, Broski and the rest of the Cardona crime family. Uh, I, I didn't say that into a mic, but I am going to officially go on the record and say I am supporting bulking season. Against uh, the Philly Marino experience, uh, Broski number one and Broski number two. Uh, my full support. I'm not going to kayfabe back out of it. Uh, I have no problem with uh, the Broski number one and Broski number two losing the AIW tag team titles. And you know what, Joe? I'm going to go so much even further that I don't care if in the very near future, Mr. Joshua Bishop or somebody else takes the absolute and intense titles off of Matt Cardona and kicks that bum out of the territory. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm fully on AIW side. I'm fully on bulking season side. Uh, I'm all in. Uh, yeah, I'm with, uh, you on, you know, um, Philly and Marino are nice guys. They might've made some, uh, Poor choices, but I don't think Broski's book next Thursday, so they ain't got no one in their corner. They've alienated the locker room with their antics and backing such a uh, individual as Matthew David Cardona, whatever the hell his middle name is. Uh, I said on the show already, of course, 
is a fervent listener and friend of the show. I would certainly say uh, Chuck Stone, best hot tag in all of professional wrestling. Uh, I would not be surprised to see a title change this Thursday at the Winchester. Yep. And I feel like just like a month or two ago, I, I was saying on this on this very podcast that 2022 was the year of bulking season. And you were like, eh, maybe not so quickly, pal. And I was like, no, no, they're going to get a bunch of big wins. And it, they're adding up, man. They're getting this title run. I got my fingers crossed for the boys. I, I just honestly, I, if it doesn't happen, you know, next Thursday, I hope it's at a show that I'm at so that I'll be there when like all the confetti falls from the, the raptors of the Odeon or whatever. Set off the pyro inside, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Pink button time. Ooh. Hey, Joe and Adam. This is Ed. Um, I'm sitting here in my... Uh, New twice for uh, Dahyun version, um, and it's not from My Hero Academia. Actually, it's a K-pop group, Adam. <laughs> and uh, earlier today, Old Wiki asked me what the K-pop scene is like in Cleveland. I can tell them I don't really know because I only know one other person that's even interested in K-pop. So I said I think this is like one of those things, like like Super Sentai or Mango Worms, but like this is my thing, and no one else is gonna get interested in it. It's not like a Chris Chan situation. So I wondered if either of you have like a thing where like it's you're the only person you know interested in it and you're like there's no way that anyone else in your life would ever find these things interesting. Just just curious, uh, you know, what you guys have to say. Uh okay, bye. <laughs> Hmm, that's a tough one. Joe, what about uh, what do you think? What do you got? Uh, I got nothing really no? when it comes popular? to that. No, no, no. So it's one of those things where um either I've been with something so long, like I saw it through its unpopular phase, to its popular phase, to its super popular phase, to its pariah phase, and to come back around again. Whether yeah. it be comic books or professional wrestling, you know, like you and I have been people that have been collecting comics for almost 30 years. So we saw the lows and the highs and the really lows again and the back to highs again, you know? Yeah. It was just kind of like the stick to Um, I'm not a music person. I was just kind of going through like my musical tastes and like, you know, as like a 40 plus year old white guy, like I'm into the music exactly what you would think I would be. Um, and the other thing is, is whenever I would get into something, like if obviously having a kid doesn't, it means I don't get a chance to pursue those things as much as I would like. But because like the first like season or two of RuPaul's Drag Race, my wife and I both kind of got into that sort of subculture and we would like travel to go to drag shows and stuff before like it kind of really blew up across like the world. Um, you know, as opposed to just kind of being a pocket thing. Um, even the games that I play, like my stupid Marvel Puzzle Quest game on my phone, you know, I went out and I seeked out the people that found it. Like, obviously, Ed mentioned the K-pop scene in Cleveland. We're a global society, man. Like, go find your people. Don't be alone with whatever the thing that you're into, you're into, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anything either. Like you said, a lot of like, oh, it's like I'm a... I collect comics. I watch wrestling. I uh, 
I'm like a sports fan. I'm a Steelers and Yankees fan of those two obscure fan bases. You know, right. you know, there's not like a lot there. And uh, like, as far as music goes, like if tomorrow the ability to create and listen to music just disappeared like a Thanos snap, I wouldn't care. Like I never listen to music anymore. And like, the only thing that would be weird is that I wouldn't know who's coming out during wrestling. Like that's the only time that music has any role in my life. I, I don't know. Like, that's very weird. And I'm going to stand by the fact that Twice is a My Hero Academia character. I, I proved it. Like, I, so I don't know what Ed's problem is. And uh, so and another thing is having a kid, I find out about stuff that's coming up for kids. Yeah. You know, like, if and when the K-pop stuff invades the stuff that my kid watches or listens to or whatever then I'm going to have to know what K-pop is. But right now, he don't know, so I don't have to know, you know? Yeah, so like when Twice is in Fortnite, when they have a concert in there, you'll have to become a fan. Exactly. All right. Cool. Well, thank you for the call, Ed. Yes, thank you for the call. Everyone who called in, we greatly appreciate it. Um, Also, um, you know, to plug stuff here, independentwrestling.tv, IWTV, uh, master wrestlers over uh, beyond is doing wrestle open. I'm sure there's a ton of shows this weekend, but as already mentioned on his call, the biggie is next Thursday streaming up against our recording. I can't believe they would invade our territory of Thursday nights, Adam. Oh God. You, that's it. It's Sons on the bitches. But <laughs> um, whether you watch it live you listen to us afterwards. You wait till this show comes out, then you watch it on demand. Uh, use the code at odds. Doesn't give you anything free up front, uh, but it will uh, let Jerry know that you came to him from us. Uh, RT Public Store. Uh, you can find it through the mothership link, tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. Uh, this 35% off sale is next weekend, uh, 9th, 10th, 11th, whatever. Uh, but another way that you can help us out is making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. If you need something from Amazon and Amazon pretty much has everything, uh, go into the show notes to any one of our episodes. The affiliate link is there. It doesn't cost you anything extra. They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Some of the notable <laughs> purchases through the Amazon click through this week include, uh, again, definitely someone who's not doing a Funko purge uh, <laughs> purchased a Funko pop of The Witcher Geralt Festival of Fun, which is a, just a combination of words. <laughs> Festival of Fun is a Funko like convention, Joe. Okay. It's like San Diego Comic Con, but for like Funkos. Okay. Uh, somebody also purchased a NBA Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan. But, like, this one, he's, like, doing a thing. Like, he's in midair for a dunk. Okay. He's doing a thing. Gotcha. And then somebody also purchased a Mandalorian Funko Pop of Cobb Vanth with a chase. With, like, the opportunity. There's that word. Oh, oh. To get the chase. <laughs> Joe, this is into my weekly purchases, and that was not me. But I I, I purchased 15 Cobb Vans. <laughs> From the importer exporter place over the course of the last week and a half, I got three chases and all of them look like they were uh, squashed uh, in a wrestling match. So uh, I got got I got got real bad. So are they shipping them to your home? Yes, yes, they ship them. Somebody plucks. Uh, you have to order them in, in 
bundles of five. And so somebody at the warehouse basically says, I'm going to take four basic ones off the shelf and then take a, a chase, stomp that real good and throw it in the box for that for this guy. So hopefully whoever ordered this from the uh, Amazon did better with their opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all I got for my end of the plugs. All right, I guess I'll talk about some podcasts, Joe. And those podcasts, I feel like this list is getting smaller and smaller every week. But the podcasts you need to listen to are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Hit My Music, Wrestling Cheers, Between the Sheets, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Hellions Talks, Wings on Wings. And just to prove, Joe, that I'm tough but fair, this is a warning to Porch Talk. If they don't start re- producing episodes uh, soon, they're going to get dropped from the plugs. They're going to go down with those other podcasts that I will never, ever, ever mention on this show ever again. <laughs> Shows like The A Show, Viewer's Choice, Final Wrestling Place. So watch out, Porch Talk. You might get dropped into that list. And that's all I got for plugs. And that's quite the company to be in. At least one of the people that involved with Porch Talk will hear this. <laughs> Yeah, that's it for the main show, Joe. All right. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> All right, Joe, I I don't know if this is going to be shocking or not to you, but I have a relatively big week. Well, you know what? Let me get my stuff out of the way because I only got one thing you could piggyback on with it. And uh, I could sit here with egg on my face where we recorded this very show last week. You had discussed purchasing a micro brawler. And I said into a microphone, yeah, you know, I think I'm out of the micro brawler game unless they do like an Eddie Kingston one or something like that. I don't see me buying no more micro brawlers. And wouldn't you know who won the pony? Like, literally the next day, they're like, oh, you think so, huh, you son of a bitch? Here's a Mr. Hitman, uh, Bret Hart <laughs> micro brawler, huh? <laughs> so uh, I got in on that. I had to get a Bret Hart micro brawler. It's a rare Bret Hart figure where he doesn't look like dog shit. So I have to support that at the very least. Yeah. Um, so that's really my only purchase this week. Yeah, and I, too, am purchasing that. Um, Obviously, it's only because there isn't a Shawn Michaels micro brawler that I can buy in its stead. So I'll just I'll grab the Brett one for now. And it led me to like kind of go down a rabbit hole because I don't know if it was in the the major pod group or if it was on the the podcast or something. They had mentioned, oh, it's a it's a heart foundation, Brett, to go along with the others or to go along with the bulldog. And I was like, wait, what? So I started looking to see if there was. Uh, like a British Bulldog wearing the Heart Foundation jacket, and I can't find one, so maybe I just misunderstood. But I think that that's a great opportunity Well, to have, like, micro-brawlers of the four of them, Anvil, Brett, Pillman, uh, you know, and Bulldog in the Heart Foundation jackets. I think that would be awesome, because I would definitely grab that Pillman, and, hell, I'd grab all four of them. But uh, I think Well, I don't think cool. when they did it, Pillman wore, like, the matching jackets like they did, but, like, Owen... 
Davey, Brett, and Anvil definitely did. I could definitely see them doing an Owen one to match the Brett one, you know? Or just have, like, Pillman wear, like, a T-shirt underneath the vest or something like that. Yeah, you know? like, there's the, there's a famous photo of the five of them together. And I think if they just did micro brawlers of those five, I think you're 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 golden, right? Yeah, I would buy all of them if that was the case. Like it, as it stands now, this bread I think is a one and done. But if you tell me that this is you know part one of a Heart Foundation five pack or set of five, I'd, I'd get them all. I know you went searching, but I'm almost a hundred percent sure that I've seen the bulldog one that matches this set. You know? Okay. Yeah, you have to send that to me because I looked and I didn't see anything, but I don't know. Maybe I didn't dig hard enough. Right. Okay. All right. So we both lined up on that one weekly purchase. I'm going to be quick with a couple things. Um, I do occasionally purchase Marvel Legends figures. I picked up a Winter Soldier figure based on the flashbacks from the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show. Uh, I like me some Winter Soldier, so uh, I ordered that. I guess that had already hit stores somewhat, but like with distribution problems, a lot of retailers are still doing pre-orders. So Amazon uh, did a pre-order on that, so I grabbed that. Uh, and then I picked this up a couple weeks ago, and I forgot that because it kind of took a while to come in, and I forgot to add it to weekly purchases. But Joe, do you remember like a month ago when I was really obsessed with getting cards? And like cards for the grease shell, the grease shelves of the Detolfs. Yes, uh, I picked up a Maria Canellis 2007 Tops Heritage autographed rookie card. I had said that I wanted it. I had found it really cheap. It just took a while to come in, so I got that. I won't even bother sending you the picture. It's just another autographed wrestling card. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So the more important things. I was out on a doll safari today. Once again, didn't see any wrestling figures, but I went to Books A Million, a.k.a. BAM, and I saw a Johnny Lawrence Karate Kid figure, and I immediately put it in the group chat, as I'm sure you know, and I said, I need this, right? And surprisingly, you uh, were in support of me picking up this Johnny Lawrence action figure, and so I picked it up, and I was like, am I... Am I about to go down a dangerous rabbit hole? Uh, and I thought, what would it take to become the Michael Jordan of Johnny Lawrence figures? Uh, and I looked it up and I was like, okay, I currently have a Funko, uh, a Cobra Kai three pack from San Diego this past year. And now I have this Karate Kid Bam exclusive figure. So I was like, okay, what is actually out? And I did like the count. And Joe, do you want to take like an over under of existing currently released Johnny Lawrence figures that are uh, on the market today? Counting or not counting Funko Pops? Uh, well, I'll just tell you, there's two Funkos out there. I have one, so we'll put Funkos aside and I'll even let you get rid of the one Super 7 reaction figure that's out there. So okay, just let's say let's say six. So um, again, there's the two that I own. And then one, two, three, four, five, six more. So there's a total of eight Johnny Lawrence figures out there. And I own like two of them. So it's not bad, right? Uh, and then I hit two roadblocks, Joe. Okay. The first roadblock is if you go to Entertainment Earth or Big Bad Toy Store and you just search show me Johnny Lawrence figures and then you see the abundance of them that are available for pre-order that aren't included in this six. And Ugh. they're all like super detailed, super expensive figures. Uh, so that's roadblock number one. 
And then roadblock number two is, uh, I don't know if people that are fans of the Netflix show Cobra Kai realize, but uh, Karate Kid apparently came out back in like 85 and they made toys back then as well. And my, uh, my younger brother had them. Yes, he had the yeah. them and he had the the little play set for like Karate Kid 1. And then there was like a little house and stuff yeah. that had like wraps and whatnot. Sure. Yeah, I remember uh, having a hand-me-down figure of the uh, the Asian bad guy from Karate Kid 2 that I don't know the name of. But uh, uh, yeah, apparently there's a 1986 Remco line that if you want mint on card, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty penny. So uh, I think that I can't be the Michael Jordan of, of Johnny Lawrence figures. I might have to settle for something a little bit further down the line. Like maybe not even a Scottie Pippen, but uh, I think if I set the rule... That is, I am excluding any figures with cloth clothing. I could make this happen. Because then I would be able to get the stuff from, some of the stuff from NECA, some of the Diamond Select stuff. Uh, Like, there's even a a mashup of, like, Cobra Kai versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where there's a a Johnny Lawrence versus Donatello two-pack. As long as I eliminate cloth figure stuff, I can do this collection and have a hundred percent and not have to buy the 1986 Remco that's going for a thousand bucks. Now I, I will say this, I will definitely not enable you or give you a hard time with however you decide to slice this piece of the pie, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I like Cobra Kai. I, I, uh, I, I do support and follow Sensei Lawrence's teachings. Um, <laughs> But I think he would call you and I nerds for buying toys of him. So just well, keep that in that, mind. That's fine, and that's justified, and I would expect nothing less from my sensei. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, I, again, I just wanted to – when I bought that figure, and I had seen that figure at BAM uh, recently, and I, it was kind of – I was on the fence about it, but something today about it just made it talk to me. And then I was like, uh-oh, this is this is going to awaken something in me. So yes. keep continued. <laughs> Uh, the one other thing, Joe, is obviously you and I both got our uh, broski. Well, I got the broski and Hawkins, but you got just the Brian Myers Super 7 this past week. And I don't know yes. if we had talked about that last week or if it was coming relatively soon off of the last recording. But I, I just think both- last week we said that like we both got our shipping notifications. Gotcha. So we both got our figures and I opened and i use that term in air quotes opened mine uh to put in the detolfs you know took a couple layers of the packaging um but i had to make room in my detolfs so i did some rearranging and you know moving stuff around move some wrestling figures around and i also uh moved around some of my asriel stuff and as everybody knows i am the michael jordan of asriel figure collecting and i noticed something with my collection joe and i'm actually going to shoot you a text message real quick as I pull up Joe Sposto. And if you remember in like early, the early 90s, like 1993, 1994, there was the Kenner line of Batman figures called Legends of Batman. Yeah. And in addition to having some comic related characters, they also had like, oh, here's Buccaneer Batman and some like stupid figures like that. Right. And I'm sending you the picture right now. I see the picture. <clears throat> All right. So. They that was also the first line to have any Azrael figures, and you can tell from the picture I sent you that there was basically two different molds, and they did multiple repaints, which is sure. you know common. Um, and they also did Warner Brothers store exclusives. 
So if you look at the picture I sent you, the one in the top right is a Warner Brothers store exclusive. I and like as that I was with, moving, the, um, with the Kelly Jones art on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, as I was kind of rearranging my stuff, I noticed that this figure, the one in the top right of that picture, uh, and the, granted this is from 93, 94, the bubble's starting to crack and come off of the card. Uh, you could tell from the picture, yes. Yeah, it's not great. Like, it's almost a little yellower in the bubble than the rest of them. And I said to myself, this will not fly in my collection. So I went on eBay and I searched for these figures. And they're not expensive, but, you know, to to give it the jeweler's loop, you know, you need a certain uh, set of pictures you need to, like, to... It has to meet a standard to enter my collection. So the moral of this story isn't... <clears throat> excuse me that I had trouble finding that figure. I actually found it relatively quick and in a high grade. So I ordered that, but, uh, excuse me, but that wasn't the problem. But when I searched for these figures, Joe, I found something else. Uh Oh, did you? Oh no. Found something else, Joe. And what is the one thing that has always separated me from that other guy who claims to be the Michael Jordan of things, Joe? Oh, boy. Uh, Sending me a picture. Well, you're not a scam artist. No, no, no NFTs. Well, we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> oh, a prototype. I purchased, uh, I believe they called a test shot of the uh, the Azrael figure that is in the, the second row of those pictures I sent you. The uh, Yeah, because as the, you know, and OK, so I was looking at them and obviously the distinction between the two figures is that left hand. It's either yeah. a fist or an open hand. Yeah, and if you look at the finished product, there's actually the wings go on as an accessory. Yeah. Um, so they and they actually snap over the top of the head, so that is not present on the test shot. Um, but anyways, I looked at uh, this guy's listings, and seemingly all he sells is test shots and prototypes and two-ups and that kind of stuff. And he has all 100% positive feedback. Um, so obviously I didn't work at Kenner in 1994, so I do not know the authenticity of this, uh, this figure, but just going by the looks of it, it looks like it's right. And it was a really good price. And it was one of those things where it was like, okay, it's X amount or best offer. And I thought to myself, well, I could probably do the Joe thing and send the best offer. Right. I looked, there was like 12 or 13 people watching the auction or watching Hmm. the listing. And I'm thinking to myself, if I, like, don't get this because I tried to save $10, $15, I'm going to be, like, unable to sleep at night. So I just clicked buy it now and said, fuck it. And I am the Michael Jordan of Azrael figure collecting. And I have most likely a test shot slash prototype of the first or second Azrael figure ever from, you know, 30 plus years ago. So I say this, uh, you know, I, I give you a hard time for Azrael and with good cause, but that is a really <laughs> cool piece to have in your collection if that is your collection, which it is. Yeah. The other thing now, you 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 mentioned about the Sensei Lawrence figures and what that's going to awaken in you. Uh, is Adam the kind of person that's happy with just one prototype in his collection? <laughs> Uh, a very fair point. Uh, and as I said, there were two different, uh, if you just go by the original molds, there was Night's End Batman and Night Quest Batman were the two original, like, Azrael figures from that line. 
If I can find a prototype of the other one, I would absolutely buy it. Um, are we talking about prototypes for all the subsequent Azrael figures over the years? Because as we know, the golden age of Azrael has never really ended. Uh, there's just been brief stops, but uh, I don't think I need all of those. Unless it was like, oh, hey, it's 50 bucks, it's 40 bucks or whatever. Um, then, you know, whatever, talk to me. But I, yes, I would like to have the other Kenner Legends of Batman mold represented in some way. Right. So at least, you know, from osmosis through Broski, I feel as though 80s, 90s, early 2000s is where your prototypes are out there. Right. Yeah. Because after that, it's like, oh, it was all done on computers or. you know. Yeah. Or they played that stuff a little bit closer. I think there was a story that I heard and this could be fabricated or this could be whatever, where they were doing figures for the TV show 24. Okay. And they, whatever the hell his name on the show is, they sent it to Kiefer Sutherland. And that was like a prototype, like single only one. And then he like never sent it back. (laughs) So it was like something along those lines where a lot of those companies decided like, okay, if we're going to make these figures, we're not just going to let these prototypes walk out the door or stupidly send them off to people so they could see how cool they're going to look in figure form, right? Yeah, and hope that they send it back. Yeah. But obviously there's no 80s Azrael figures. 90s is where he makes his uh, kick through. And obviously you would know after these 94 ones if there's any more that come up in that window that there wasn't a, a chance that there could even be prototypes out there for other yeah, than these, the 90s. Yeah, I don't have the, like, the, know the brands off the top of my head, but there was maybe three, four years after this, a couple other either Hasbro or Kenner stuff before it went in-house to, like, DC Direct. Right. You know? So there were some other stuff, but enough time passed uh, between these in question and the next set where I feel like that's a a decent cutoff, you know? Right. So realistically, it's just these two molds that are, in my mind, are the the childhood versions of the figures. Because even then... Uh, the Legends of Batman line, I bought off the pegs at Toys R Us, and then the the lines that came out a couple years afterwards, I was never able to find in stores, and I bought them on eBay many years later. Yeah. So, if anything, with like a childhood attachment, my childhood attachment kind of ends with this Kenner Legends of Batman line. Gotcha. So that's where I think I could justify not going crazy on a spending uh, for prototypes. Like I said, if I get an eBay alert for a modern or a more modern prototype or two up or test shot, and it's a, you know, not a crazy price, I'm going to grab it, but I, yeah. I don't feel like I need to spend a crazy amount of money. Um, cause again, this, this test shot, and you could do a Google search for, or not a Google search, like an eBay sold listing, uh, way cheaper than you would think it would be. We're not talking, uh, Vansky, $100 Vansky type pricing here. We're talking like if you saw this and it was a Big Fortuna, you would have bought it. It was at that kind of reasonable sure. price. You know? But, uh, right. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But I just wanted to, once again, firmly uh, make sure that, uh, I know he doesn't listen, but Shane Hagedorn, he could uh, he could take a step back. He's not coming near me. I'm, I'm firmly in the number one spot here. Well, when you get it, and it's in hand. You got to post a picture, tag him in it, and tell him to stick it, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's the plan. 
Yeah. Uh, all right, Joe. Well, that's the last like real like toy purchase. Uh, mm-hmm. I do want to throw this in at the end and say that I did purchase a ticket to the live major pod recording in Albany in, uh, I don't know, two weeks, a week, <laughs> sometime in the near future. Yeah, it's in the near yeah. future. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Sunday the 13th. So uh, I will be going to that. It is – I don't know if I'm going to do anything else really because they have a convention in the morning and then uh, a shindy that night. And I don't know just with like it being in Albany and it being three hours away, like exactly what I plan on doing for the rest of the day. Yeah. But if you look at the uh, the convention bookings, uh, there's some interesting photo opportunities there. Uh, we got Tori Wilson. We got Trish Stratus. We got Scarlett Bordeaux, we got Britt Baker, we have Taryn Terrell, who I was telling a friend the other day is basically like a beta version of Alexa Bliss. Uh, they were oh trying to get goodness. bugs out before the full rollout. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting photo ops there, and then obviously there's the uh, the indie show later that night with the the major players versus the Hardy Boys uh, in the the main event, which I would hope would be the last match before intermission, so people can go home, but. All that being said, I just want to say I am going to the Major Pod live recording uh, or so I can stage a coup in person. <laughs> mm. Well, you you have fun there. And again, yeah. I'm not sure if there's anything else that you want to talk about that happened in this last week. Uh, refresh my memory if there was. Nothing uh, sticking in your crawl from the last seven days because I might well, I might have something to talk about. Um, well, see, here's the thing: if there was like every time something would anger me, Joe, it would get deleted a few minutes later, like almost as if if you just sweep it under the rug, nobody will care. Like if your fans who pay money, pay money in some people's cases, upwards of like 30 bucks a a month, which I didn't, but I think that's just absolute lunacy that you would pay somebody a Patreon of $30 a month just to get to the front of a line. And not even like you and your guests. Like if you go to one of their shows with a guest, you're going to be like, bye honey. I'll be up here at the front of the line, getting my photo. You stand in the back because you are also not a $30 a month Patreon. But like, so you, these people that pay money to be in a Facebook group, just, want to ask questions about these stupid nfts because you're going to be like oh i'm going to have uh, this great opportunity where we're going to sell nfts along with tj perkins and uh who are some of the other smooth brains that signed up for that company joe um killer cross killer cross probably ec3 uh kurt angle kurt angle um, rvd (laughs) yeah so some of those other luminaries all got together and we're going to we're going to join this NFT business that like at the time had like 30 followers on Twitter. Fucking Porch Talk has a bigger following than that NFT company. But you're going to go ahead and you're going to publicly post that to your millions of uh, Twitter followers. And then the second there's any questions being asked, you're going to sick your dogs on it in your paying community and have them delete every single post. 
And then when anybody asks about it, you're just going to automatically just fucking be like, shut up. What do you leave? This isn't like your business. Fuck you. It's not your business. Ah, go ahead, Joe. I, I, I need a minute. <laughs> Uh, so while uh, Brian and Broski were in the air last week to go to California for GCW, they both send out these tweets that they're both going to be getting into the NFT business. Now, I'll be the first one to say that I am very ignorant when it comes to Bitcoin, Dogecoin, NFTs, or anything else like that. But for the most research that I've done on it, it's mostly overwhelmingly negative and more so comes up when you do a search for nft words like ponzi scheme scam um nothing positive about them okay um so as adam mentioned as these tweets come out while the boys are in the air if you go look at their two tweets because it's the same company and i know adam mentioned that this company uh, that they're in bed with. I don't even know what the fuck their name is. And it doesn't even fucking matter. Um, that Porch Talk has more followers. Now, they're up to 125 followers, Adam. Yeah, they're blowing up. <laughs> right. Um, I think that's still more than or less than Porch Talk or. No, no, they passed. They passed this out. OK, so you would think. Um, so uh, so obviously Brian and Broski have established themselves that anything they do is part of the brand that they've built for themselves, which is the major wrestling figure, everything, right? Mm-hmm. So as people are like, if you look at the replies to their two tweets, overwhelmingly negative, 99% negative, right? I, I can't find a single positive one, to be honest with and you. I, I'm saying there's a margin of error, okay? Yeah. Because I'm someone who has NFTs muted and have had an NFT muted for a very long time. So there's a very good chance I could have missed a positive tweet. So that's why I'm not saying 100%, okay? Yeah. So then people go and post just not like, fuck you guys for doing NFTs. Like, just like, hey, man, what's going on? NFTs, really? This is where we are now? Delete, okay? So then Broski goes up and puts up a press release in regards to this, okay? Gonna make this short and sweet. This is not a major wrestling figure podcast NFT. Brian and I were approached by someone we trust to be involved in a project. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Do you think Brian and Broski were approached, or do you think Broski was approached? 100% just Broski. (laughs) Okay. And someone they trust. (laughs) Somebody who patted the lope. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We are, as Matt and as Brian, uh, details uh, details about that will follow soon. You could come along for the ride or you cannot. Both are perfectly acceptable. Are both perfectly acceptable? Because it certainly seems if you're uh, not coming along for the ride, you're not allowed to express your voice. Nope. No dissent would be allowed. You could hate NFTs. Yes. You could love, love NFTs. You could be indifferent about NFTs. All of those options are perfectly acceptable, too. No, they're not. Um. However, the posts in here about them lead to negativity and arguing, and that's an environment we don't want in the group. Love you guys. Thanks. And I'm going to disagree with Broski on pretty much all of this spin that he tried to put out there, because, of course, he posts that and, like, you can't comment on it or anything else like that. 
they didn't even give these posts an opportunity to have anyone say anything negatively or positively about them because as soon as the words NFT were posted in the Facebook group, they were immediately deleted. Yeah, because okay. it wasn't even like there were some of them that were like, oh, this is a fucking joke. Why are you guys doing this? This is a scam. But then there were also other ones who'd be like, can someone explain to me what this is? Maybe devil's advocate, that person or persons saying, hey, can you explain to me what this is? Might have been a potential buyer of said scam. And it might have been in the best interest of the Cardona crime family to leave that post up. You might have got a sale, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. So, so that Broski posting that up, them not talking about it at all on the podcast, them not boosting their initial tweets about this makes me feel as though they are very trepidatious about this and know how bad of an idea this is, but unfortunately got into some agreement with some fly-by-night jamoke, and now they're kind of on the hook for this. And I think they're going to find out sooner than later that this was probably a bad idea. Yeah, like they got paid, and I'm speculating, uh, just like you are, that like contractually you must make this tweet and do not back down from it, do not delete it. You know, like that's why there hasn't been any doubling down or backing back from, you know? It's just it's there. We're not going to address that it ever happened. You know, we're not going to you know, comment on it or delete it. Like some, for some reason it's contractually required to stay there, you know, and just be like words that slipped out that you can't put back. Right. Um, I I could almost imagine that that one tweet that Brian sent out will be the last tweet. I definitely feel as though these guys probably more so Brian than broski. I'll give Broski the credit because I don't want to bury Brian and say, well, Brian's a dope who's just along for the ride because (laughs) Broski's a dope that just sees dollar signs everywhere he can. I definitely think that these guys are going to see that this is going to be more hassle and not hassle toys. That's another fucking (laughs) kettle of fish that we could talk about him bringing a goddamn fucking admitted pedophile to his goddamn doll store to have people come and sign autographs with. Yeah, like acting... Acting like freaking the villain is somehow back from an injury. Be like, he's back, everybody. <laughs> he's allowed back into the country. <laughs> but I, I don't. If this was going to be major uh, podcast, whatever, I, I could have probably seen myself being done with this with them. Yeah. Um. You know, my patrons only five dollars a month, but I'm sure I wouldn't have been the only one. You know. And if they see more money going out than coming in, you know, they'd be like, what did we, why did we do this? And I bet you they're saying that now I have nothing to go on. I, I, I haven't, I don't have that, you know, I'm friends with Brian, but I don't have that relationship to say like what your business dealings are. Um, and I don't know broski from whatever, and you can't question anything broski does because he immediately attacks you just because he's a <laughs> giant child. Um, but if you're listening to the show and you could sell either one of us on NFTs, you're an NFT guy or gal or pal or whatever, fucking sell me on it. Tell me why they're great. Tell me why this is a great idea so I can get involved in it. Feels If it feels like a scam and looks like a scam, it's probably a scam. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't going to say, like, it, it. this goes back to the merch book thing. Like, obviously, that started a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a frustration. And then just seeing paying customers 
you know, people that are literally paying to be in a Facebook group, having their questions or having their opinions just get like stomped and like silenced. It was just like I, I saw that as a, like a total dick move. So uh, you mentioned we're both Patreons because we're not pores, uh, but I did lower significantly my patronage rate, like from like the tier that it was at to like the minimum tier. Yeah. So uh, and uh, maybe some other people did that too, but uh, I'm sure you know a lot of people didn't. But like I, I was very salty this past week about that. Well, like I said, it was a very calculated move. There was it was definitely a reason that they sent those tweets out as they were in the air in California. Um, obviously the way the recording schedule works, um, and the way that their Patreon charges, you had to wait for that first episode to come out after the first and you already got charged for the whole month. So if they did, and if you were pissed off about it and you were waiting for them to address it on the podcast, your money was already in. So you got to stick around for the full month before they address it. Right. Yeah. Um, it it like it really bummed me out because I thought that Brian would have been smarter than that, but I think a lot of the decisions. I don't think Brian says no to a lot of the stuff that Broski brings to the table, but I don't think Brian like cares as much as Broski does. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, more and again, just speculating. He just kind of rubber stamps it as long as yeah. it doesn't sound like egregiously bad. You know, like oh hey, we're gonna, you know, I don't know, just something terrible. But like if it's something that. You know, I don't know about NFTs, so go ahead. It doesn't sound illegal. Sounds like a way to make money. Whatever. Do it, you know? Doesn't sound illegal. <laughs> on, on the surface. You know? Yeah. But hey, you know what? Freaking the wiki with the, the jingle. Well, let's, let's not bury that. You know, we could end on a good note there. I'm happy to hear that. He I sent know. it to me over the weekend. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I didn't get to it immediately, but I listened to it. And I'm like, uh, could you tweak this? Could you tweak that or whatever? And he goes, are you going to play it for Adam? I go, nope, I'm just going to drop it on him on the show. <laughs> Makes me want to light one up, you know, just to hear No, that, that don't do that. Sound. <laughs> no eaters. Oh. All right. Well, again, thank you, DeWiki, and thank you, everybody, for uh, sticking around. This is a relatively short show for, like, show homework, does Joe know the card, and all that weekly purchase stuff. Right. And let's wrap it up here as we're talking about being a short show. Uh, Episode 180 of At Odds With Wrestling is done. Put a stamp on it. Send it out to be edited for Adam. This is Joe saying, everyone, thanks for listening. Be safe out there still and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.